Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Welcome to episode 24 of The Midlife. Today's topic was inspired by my friend Jenny, who's kept her Facebook family amused with 227 days of her corona log. Topics have ranged from heated arguments over proper punctuation and grammar, look, we're really bored, to Bjorn Borg's new line of underwear. A post this week hit home not only because I can directly refute it, but because it brings up a topic very important to all of us striving to live our next best chapter in midlife. I can't do Jenny's post justice without reading it to you, but a little backstory first. Jenny, Jenny's husband, Matthew McConaughey, and I are all graduates of the University of Texas at Austin the same year, with Jenny's husband, Matthew McConaughey, and I all receiving a Bachelor of Science in Radio, Television, Film. With that coveted degree, I watch movies thinking how much better I could have made them. Jenny's husband is a very successful film and TV editor, and Matthew McConaughey is a jackass spectacle on the sideline of Texas Longhorn football games who definitely doesn't ice fish out of his Lincoln Navigator. Also, you should know that all four of us were members of Greek fraternities and sororities. Jenny's post shows a picture of an article showcasing Matthew McConaughey holding up his new autobiography, and Jenny has circled the following portion of the article saying, but during his sophomore year, his love of storytelling took over and he became, quoting Matthew McConaughey, the only frat guy in film school. Jenny's commentary. Corona log, day 225. Not true, Matthew McConaughey. I happen to know for a fact that there was at least one other. In fact, you worked on a production together. Also, hit me up if you want your camcorder instruction manual back. I'm pretty sure it's in a box in our garage. Fortunately for me, Jenny is an insomniac, so I get to wake up to funny stuff like that every morning. Just another COVID silver lining. Long story short, this was not artsy film school in New York City. This was Austin, Texas in 1990. Few goth artists there to refine their voice and share their story through visual medium, more frat boys thinking they could make a buck in Hollywood. But believe it or not, I say good for Matthew McConaughey. The story he tells himself and his interviewers is one of a hero. Matthew McConaughey has cast himself as the rugged individualist he wants to be seen as, someone who isn't afraid to go against the crowd and forge his own path, but that can still fit within the framework of traditional structures. While the details of the story aren't true, the myth he's created has become a sort of truth unto itself. He can star in a romantic comedy and drive his luxury vehicle off-road. What does this have to do with you? Everything. What is the story you tell yourself? What's the story you tell others? What's the story you allow others to believe about you? Last week, I shared with you an exercise I use in my coaching sessions called I'm a Person Who. 
If you're just tuning in for the first time, well, first, welcome. But basically, I advocate using this statement to help you stay focused on things you want to be. Unfortunately, many of you have been running I am a person who statements for a lifetime that don't serve you. These are the negative stories we tell ourselves. Let me throw out a few. Raise your hand when you hear something off your personal playlist. I'm a procrastinator. I'm fat. I'm lazy. I can't cook. I can't run. Exercise doesn't work for me. I can't focus. I'm impatient. I'm a yeller. I can't figure out what I want to do. I'm not disciplined. I'm not happy. I'm not pretty. I'm too old. I can't make a lot of money. I have no willpower. I could never wear something like that. I can't run a business. I'm shy. And that's just what flies off the top of my head. But there's a few things I want you to understand. First, those thoughts are situational. They are not facts. The problem is that instead of compartmentalizing and assigning those thoughts to an individual situation in which they apply, you are running them like a computer operating system. You are allowing them to dictate the outcome of each new day as if the results are algorithmically decided. Need an example? I'm going to eat that cookie even though I know I'm going to feel bad about it after because I have no willpower. Or, I'll never get anything done today or I can't be successful because I'm a procrastinator. Now, you have the power to change who you are today into someone different than you were yesterday. Just because that's who you were up until yesterday or even five minutes ago when you started listening to this episode, that isn't who you have to be five minutes after you stop listening to this episode. Just because you've never done something before does not permanently exclude you from doing it now. I could never run a business. No, you just haven't run a business yet. I can't figure out what I want to do. No, you just haven't figured out what you want to do. You guessed it. Yet. You have to have a growth mindset. The belief that you can do anything or learn anything you put your mind to. Look, I'm not being overly optimistic because I know you're not going to tell me your dreams include something completely unrealistic. More likely, I would have to push you to expand what you think is possible for yourself. As for the nasty things you say about your appearance, you need to find something, and preferably some things, that you can appreciate about yourself. It is critical that you are not relying on other people to validate your appearance for you. Now, are there things that you could be putting a little more effort into? Probably, so do it for yourself. If you haven't listened to my episode, Mirror Mirror, that may be a good next step for you. I've found that most of what women want to change about themselves is the direct outcome of improved habits. But because you don't sustain any lasting long-term improvement, you call yourself lazy. Being disciplined is hard work. Until it isn't. That's the crazy thing about productivity and good habits. You just have to stick with it long enough until it becomes a sort of addiction. When foregoing the habit is more painful than the short-term relief of avoiding the habit. The trick to that is to focus in on and remember the feeling of accomplishment you have when you complete those tasks. Eventually, those habits become an integral part of how you define yourself and they squeeze out the less flattering definitions you've allowed to take up space. On the road to rewriting your story, please remember that if you slip back into old habits, it's not final. You have the power to begin again. There is no scorecard tallying fuck-ups and restarts, and you can always do better tomorrow. You can have a bad day, a bad month, or even a bad season. It's not a life sentence unless you allow it to be. 
Sadly, I know if we were sitting down together and I asked you to describe your best version of you off the top of your head, you'd feel panicked, overwhelmed, and you'd stare back at me insisting that you have no idea. To a certain extent, you're telling the truth because you haven't allowed what you want your story to be to reveal itself to you. You've probably spent a lifetime blocking and derailing every true desire you've ever had because it was inconvenient to the story either you've written for yourself or you've allowed others to write for you. Please take the full weight of the words I just spoke to your heart. Your life and how you feel about it right now is 100% your own doing. I acknowledge that some very shitty things may have happened, but you are in control of how you respond and your resilience. I don't want to completely bum you out here, but there are a finite number of pages in this book, so you may want to start taking a more active role in deciding how the story gets written. Once you reset the foundation, the fun really begins. You do start crafting a life that looks like an outlandish vision board. Suddenly, taking risks is a little more realistic and palatable because you're more evolved and a fulfilled person in the basics of life. Writing a new story for yourself does not make you a fraud or a fake. I think women are often shamed into remaining where they are because they are so fearful of what other people will think or say about a reinvented version of themselves. Let me just rip the band-aid off here for you. People will say all the terrible things you're expecting them to say. You heard me. But what other people think of you is none of your business. Rewriting your story is about crafting the growth you want to see in yourself and then blossoming into that vision. Do you think that Matthew McConaughey gives a shit about Jenny's snarky corona log or my using it as an example to hopefully inspire you? And why should he? His story works for him. He appears to be very satisfied with his wistful backstory and persona he's crafted for himself. So I will ask you again, but in a different tense, with a variation. What is the story you will tell yourself? What is the story you will tell others? Can you let your story be told without being attached to the opinion of others? This is where the rubber meets the road, and I know it's where you're stuck. You want to change. You need to change, but you just don't know what you want to change into. Midlife is both an opportunity to create new, but also to reintroduce yourself to your essential self. Worried about feeling inauthentic? Reach back to uncover the things that you are at your core. I know that there is so much good in your life. You're probably ignoring it and focusing too heavily on your pain points. I now have Baloo and Mowgli singing, Accentuate the Positive, Eliminate the Negative in my head. Hopefully it has now invaded your head as well. It's solid advice. While you're crafting your story and the plot points are developing, do more of the things that make you feel good and less of the things that make you feel badly. Don't write that off as oversimplified. You are in control of your time, your thoughts, and the direction of your efforts. You may have just ceded that control. Time to take it back, wouldn't you say? So here are your action steps. Number one, what we can learn from Matthew McConaughey is to always root for the Texas Longhorns and to be shameless in crafting your personal narrative. Number two, stop defining yourself by overarching negative themes. What you were yesterday is not what you have to be today. Number three, start running a new operating system with I am a person who statements that reinforce the best version of you. And number four, don't look outside for validation of your story. It only has to work for you. Now go write your story. Now I can further expose Matthew McConaughey as a fraud because while I don't remember having any classes with him, which I'd like to say is a function of him having not made an impression on me, 
but more likely is probably because I barely remember anything from college except the good feelings I'm left with. I do remember being a freshman and working on a student film of a senior who was in fact in a fraternity that my house socialized with often. My friend and I volunteered because said senior was a babe. That memory ends poorly because frat boy producer gave my friend and I the key to his apartment to get something for him. It never occurred to us to knock before using the key, and we walked in on his significantly less attractive roommate in a towel, fresh from the shower. Some things are burned in your brain forever. Now when I talk to you next, election day will have passed. There's been an elephant, and for that matter, a donkey in the room over these past months we've spent together. I've purposely avoided any commentary on the election and politics because I'm here to help every woman live their very best next chapter regardless of political belief, race, sexual orientation, or religion. I will only say today that it is critical that you vote and that you've taken personal responsibility to research and educate yourself, not take somebody else's word for it, on the issues and platforms of the candidates and the local propositions that affect you. So in anticipation that the world will still keep spinning and that we will all still be on this exciting journey of midlife next week, I have scheduled a super entertaining reinvented segment interview with Stephanie Spett. Stephanie is the co-host with her ex-husband of an amazing podcast called Divorce Done Well. If you want to cram for next week, have a listen. While part of my mission is to save and improve women's marriages in midlife, we can't ignore that shit happens. If it's going to go down that way, Stephanie and Eric are a model of doing it right. Regardless of your marital status, I know you'll enjoy all aspects of how Stephanie has reinvented herself in midlife. I hope you'll join us.